Hello and welcome to the Fit and Fab podcast with Kinga and Tyra. And we've got a special guest today. Yes, everyone's like, who is it? We have Tom Hall. Hello, Tom. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Very, very welcome. So, Tom, do you want to just start off? Tell us a bit about who you are, your background, just a little introduction to you. Yeah, who are you? A little introduction. (laughs) Why am I here? Um, Basically, I'm here because I've got COVID and I can't do anything else. Um, But no, I wanted to uh, reach out to some of the guys on um, the My Protein PT Scheme group, essentially. So um, kind of embarrassingly, I'm in there as one of the group experts. Um, I guess I'm using massive air quotes, by the way, as I'm saying that. Um, So my background, um, I head up the education for a company called the Personal Trainer Collective. Um, And we're also part of a gym chain called Third Space, which I also head up the education for. And I'm one of their uh, personal trainers there. So I still practice personal training, but I've probably done for the last six to eight years a lot more lecturing workshops that kind of stuff but I'm still in the trenches I still see about 15 to 20 kind of hours of clients a week um so if anybody's like oh you just yeah sit behind a computer and just lecture people well no absolutely not so I still passion for coaching more than anything else um made the position from I guess I did my bachelor's and my master's degrees was heavily in academia went into pro sport realized there's not much money in pro sport came out started training normal people way more fun that is a background on me i think awesome love it we're in good company we definitely are i don't know no definitely not um i'm freezing cold i have a cup of tea and uh yeah wonderful friday afternoon to spend with you guys (laughs) (laughs) okay so today we've got a very exciting topic part two of underrated versus overrated I think it's my favorite episode of Fit and Fab so far. The underrated, overrated. Yeah, I quite, yeah. This one and then the weird diets, rating those. <laughs> that was really funny. Okay. <laughs> really I need to go funny. back and listen to that. Jesus. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Some weird stuff. The wine and cheese diet was the best one, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Can get behind that one. I mean, that was just Boris Johnson whilst he had COVID. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Mr. Prime Minister is doing that, I mean, surely yeah. it's a good diet. Right. Right. <laughs> okay, so let's kick things off. Tyra, okay. go on. What's your overrated? What's I'm your... going to start. Overrated. It's an exercise one. one. Swings. Ooh. I, do you know, I can see the appeal of it great for cardio but I saw something the other day about growing your glutes and kettlebell swings was on the exercises and I just don't think for hypertrophy that it's very effective it's my opinion overrated okay Mr biomechanics (laughs) go on yeah I know right (laughs) got a master's degree in biomechanics um um, yeah I would agree with the statement you made for hypertrophy Mm. superb absolutely garbage kettlebells absolute garbage for hypertrophy um there's no tension in the swing as well um so that's that's the whole point um but i would i you want me to disagree don't you care i I disagree um (laughs) 
so I okay. I'll disagree on the premise that I I use them uh, a, quite a lot with clientele um, and with athletes. So as um, a precursor for deadlifting, and something I would use for uh, if I want to kind of start to load uh, a jump or a broad jump or some sort of performance based exercise. So I use it as something for for like pre activation. If it were so, we're trying to get those glutes fired up. And there's one thing it does teach is called greasing the groove of that hip, getting you hinging quite well um, with a bit of load. Because some people can struggle um, when they start to hip hinge, and they're like, have no conception of like bending their knees and whipping their hips around. So it can be good for that, but it also can be a pain in the ass to teach. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think if it's done properly with good form it's great but so often you see it actually and like you were saying it's like ends up not being a hip hinge movement and it's kind of like squat but or like like a front raise like a squat into a front raise (laughs) that's what I see the most of when if we're talking crossfit american kettlebell swing I'm right there absolute park crap yeah, don't understand what's happening there. Um, <laughs> that's just shoulder impingements waiting to happen. Lovely. Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm kind of in between on this one as well. Definitely for muscle building, no, just 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 no. But I like to use it kind of when teaching Romanian deadlifts because I feel like a lot of people struggle kind of as they flex the hip then they struggle to extend it with kind of momentum they just do it quite slowly so I think for that dynamic kind of hip extension it's quite quite nice to do the swings just to to help them do that a little bit faster and then kind of that would then hopefully make make their RDLs better so that's how I would use them yeah I think nice 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 I don't I think that was quite quite well rounded very good very simple (laughs) on that one (laughs) okay Tom do you want to go next are we keeping this within underrated or overrated whichever one you want are we keeping it within topics so do are we going are we going like around let's go around as in like the exercise round it's kind of like a room one okay yeah yeah. Yeah. otherwise my chain of thoughts will be kind of all (laughs) over the place um that's not gonna be a good thing um right (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah we're gonna be 15 minutes talking about something random be like what oh oh yeah okay um so uh let me go stick underrated um i think this is more here we go underrated okay this is one i can definitely go for okay um underrated and this falls into i'm more of a performance-based coach let's say that um uh, medicine ball training Okay. Okay. It is not something um, that is done widely, unfortunately, in much of the personal training community and probably just the general kind of population community. Um, But every single one of my clients will use it as a precursor. I'm talking about the pre kind of activation phases again. Um, The biggest thing to am I allowed to kind of uh, I don't want to swear on this podcast do I, I oh you know. can yeah oh I can okay cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big I was about I was like I don't do I want to use blue language I don't know um, I, I, I didn't I didn't ask before I came on I was like oh no I don't know um, yeah, all right 
get away. <laughs> All right. So the biggest, the biggest thing um, to fuck off in the uh, aging population is power. Okay. It's not strength. It's not anything else. It's power and the ability to catch oneself. Okay. So the only reasonable way to train kind of light power in any population is through medicine ball work, really. So medicine ball rotations, medicine ball overhead throws, slams, you can do loads of different variations and stuff like that. So it's something that I think is underrated because it's underused um, more than anything else. It's, yeah, definitely not overrated, um, but not looking from the aspect, sorry, Tara, it's definitely not going to be falling in the hypertrophy category. Um, if somebody was using that, then yeah, clearly overrated. But medicine ball, medicine ball work, not workouts. I don't want to spend the whole workout doing a medicine ball. You're wasting your time. Um, but medicine ball kind of phases in a, in a workout. That's but to be interesting honest, one. You add to it, like training, like power, it's underrated in the fitness industry. I feel like training for things other than hypertrophy <laughs> is quite um, underrated, I think. Definitely. I totally agree. In terms of like um, medicine balls and stuff, I actually, I agree it's underrated in that like the only time I've ever really used medicine balls is like at boot camps. It's like the only time you really see them. You don't really like- what you do with them there? Oh, it's, like, hold oh, it! Just... You just throw them over your shoulder. Oh, there you go. Then, <laughs> like, yeah, or like against a wall, like throwing yeah. that wall into the like that, That's the only time. It's so weird that you actually say that. So I was in the gym today, and um, and our gym, like, it's not a state of the art gym or anything. It's literally the community gym, and they had all the like the free weights area, and there was a medicine ball there, but it was only one kilo, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'd like, I don't know in a, in like a gym setting, what you would use a one kilo medicine ball with that kind of stumped me. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> you could use it. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I was a big advocate for, uh, so I teach, uh, so I'm one of the like coaches for like Mike Boyle over in the States as well. And, uh, we literally, we don't allow like medicine balls over like five kilos because it's too heavy. Uh, because you're doing something called velocity-based training. And as soon as it is not fast, it is no longer velocity-based training. As soon as it slows down in terms, you're never, you're not training speed anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so a one kilo uh, ball, maybe for some aging population, that might be perfect. We generally are with like the lowest will go is two because yeah, it, it's generally like they're a little bit reactive sometimes, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, but I don't know, the one kilo med ball, I've not seen it. That's a rarity. I, I hope you took a picture of it. Because I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually take a picture, but when I'm back, <laughs> I will. <laughs> You'll be like, who's using this? Who's this? Just like, I don't know. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I doubt, I'm not too sure. I've not. I've never seen one. I've only seen, ever seen two. And we because have loads of two. You had like just a bog standard basketball, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why do we need? But yeah, very interesting. Interesting. Okay, my turn. So. <laughs> Tyra, I think she, you know, she, I think you know what's coming. <laughs> I've got one. Oh, I think I do know. Yeah, I think I do know. I've got a rant, not rant, but I actually want to discuss something. So I'm actually on the fence with this one. I don't know whether it's overrated or under. I don't think it's underrated, but um, I don't know. Okay, seated hip abduction. Are you talking banded machine? Machine, machine from muscle building. State your case. Okay, so 
<laughs> okay, two seconds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I thought I, I was the one with COVID, correct? That oh, we, we established that at the start. Since October, and it's just not going away. Just not going away. No idea. Anyway, okay, back to. <laughs> back to- <laughs> Okay, so seated hip abduction for muscle building. The reason why I wanted to discuss this is because recently on social media, there are a lot of coaches trying to be all optimal and saying that seated hip abduction doesn't actually work your glutes because the fiber fibers of glute medius doesn't align perfectly with the pull of the resistance when the hip is flexed which i see their point but they what they say is that the piriformis muscle is taking all the load of the hip abduction and you're actually not working your glutes medias which so i see their point that yeah the muscle fibers do not align perfectly when the hip is flexed however i don't understand how a small muscle like piriformis would overtake a powerful hip abductor such as glute medius in an exercise which you can overload really heavily because you're very stable can apply progressive overload week on week pretty much and you can go to failure on it with no recovery issues so i don't see why this would not be a good exercise for hypertrophy and compared to like a kickback where you can keep your hip extended but you can't use nearly as much load so i don't know <laughs> i don't know i'm on the fence with working it. that one <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird one right um i've not programmed performed a seated hip abduction probably since i've done a gym induction um so yeah obviously it wouldn't generally feature unless i was doing in doing some sort of i don't know pelvic stability based prehab rehab um in my opinion uh, cause I'm a big movements over kind of like muscle groups coach. Um, yeah. um, not that say, I'm not going to be like, all right, I'm going to sit, I'll, I'll stick somebody on a, like a, a, a machine. Absolutely fine. If I want to blitz out a muscle group and tax that out, if that's the point of what I'm trying to do. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I wouldn't, I would, yeah, I'm not too sure what, who, who are the, who are these people saying, uh, that they don't want to do this. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, it's a weird one because yeah like so it's just what you're trying to achieve at the end of the day like all right if if we want hypertrophy of of a hip abductor then surely hip abduction would be the you thing could. to do in in my in in terms of movement mechanics because yeah. i would be like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna overload hip abduction probably what's gonna work is the muscles that control that yeah. just put it out there. i mean possibly <laughs> Uh, I don't know. And if I tax that out by shifting more load, yeah, we may have more what is in terms of compensatory movement patterns is what the um, I'm sure they're probably going on about. Um, but it's the case of like, surely if we're keeping whatever hip stable, maybe where the tor- are we talking about like the kind of excessive torso leaning into it or are we like, no, just back? a normal one. So uh, I just usually upright, yeah, kind of just, just upright racing into the chair because yeah you can see like i guess with the hip flexion uh like angle 
literally angle, you could change your hip flexion by manipulating torso position. So you could start to load forwards as well. And that may, that will change the effect in yeah. terms of what's happening. I've, I agree with I, that. I'm, I'm not smart enough to know what would actually properly happen. I'd have to do it and feel. Um, and that's why I would hope most coaches would do because yeah well not all of us are absolute bitworms that's why we do coaching we uh, have to try and do stuff and go oh yeah that works yeah cool let's do that now <laughs> um yeah so always try on yourself but yeah i would say if you put that in underrated or overrated the hip abduction machine is overrated or the the premise of it or i don't or... i don't i want the fans with this one honestly because i would say on one hand it is overrated because your typical gym goer, someone who's who doesn't really know what they're doing, that would probably be one of the only machines they're using. And if that is the only one of the only machines they're using, we're probably not gonna see. Then we got problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> but if you have a nice structured plan mm. with a lot of compound movements, I don't understand why this could not. Like what? Wh why people are saying that this is that doesn't work the muscle that it clearly does just because I... the fibers of the muscle doesn't perfectly align with it. Uh, but also, like everyone's form is going to be slightly different, and like what exactly mm -hmm. is perfect form? Like that, like a perfect squat is going to look different on different bodies and stuff. But also, I think based like what you said. So like, the way I would structure a workout, like I would obviously do like main compound lifts or whatever, and then like accessory work. Like I would count that as accessory work. I probably wouldn't have that as like a main lift sort of thing. Like I think with a lot of people, now, now this is like stereotypical, like women who want, like, let's be honest at the moment, everyone's like trying to sort of grow their glutes or like that might be a, certainly with the clients I work with it's something that always comes up like growing bigger glutes and I think it's quite overrated in like I don't think that you need to be using that machine to grow your glutes like if I ever do any abduction work whether it be banded or a machine it always comes at like the end as like a little like a little I don't know the cherry on top sort of thing but I would never be like I don't know do it earlier on in the workout or have it as like a like if, if someone were to skip it I wouldn't really be I wouldn't really be that fast I, I don't yeah. think hmm. it has like a massive impact on the whole workout yeah I, I, I don't think many people are going in for hip abduction day <laughs> if I'm really honest right so that's I do excuse me <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah well, we work into hip abduction, obviously, uh, every way we can. Um, yeah, so. For you. so something that I've seen, um, and this is at the uh, gym that I used to work at, um, this girl used to come in and she used to do this like a good, like a few times a week. So she used to use the adduction machine. We should probably actually explain to people who don't, the abduction machine is basically like you sit on it and then you push your legs like apart. Like as the bad girl, <laughs> it's basically the kind of machine that yeah. If you make eye like eye contact with whomever is on it, it's Perfect. like shit. This is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep moving. You're basically yeah. spreading your legs, right? Okay, so that's Correct. that's like abduction. <laughs> so I saw someone on the adduction. So that's inner thighs. So that's like the good girls. Oh, wide apart. Yeah, good girls. <laughs> and you're, um, 
putting your legs together. But so she was on that machine. So the aim of the game, right, is to like obviously bring the knees together, work the inner thighs. But she was also using a resistance band. So she had a resistance band on. So essentially using the machine for inner thighs, but then had the resistance. And it just like, to this day, I still think about it because I'm like, <laughs> it really confuses me like trying to think of the mechanics behind that because you've obviously got the force like you're trying to pull your inner thighs together so the force is trying to see I've confused myself <laughs> like why like why like the resistance band like it's not that's the the, fist, the force of the band's going out right so she's got to put she's got to externally rotate or abduct to push against that band yeah, so that's like pushing against against it. So that would be the the naughty girl machine you you made up. Yeah, um, but and then on the but she's on the app uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, that machine that's gonna push in. <laughs> Unless like she's trying to because obviously I don't know whether you guys are familiar with the work of like the muscle mentors or like Integra RTS yeah. and um, in terms of resistance profiling and strength profiling over this is where probably the popularity this is why i thought this this had come from when you uh, mentioned it so i've not been in i've been in a debate with one of the guys that uh runs integra michael golden lovely chap um really biomechanical sound but we sit very two different ends of the biomechanic spectrum i'm more performance based let's get people running moving jumping around like attacking life and then we've got kind of an rts theory of getting people on machines and hypertrophy the crap out of them um and i didn't know the whereas the like the banded point of view and i'm trying to match out in my head where like a resistance profile would be and how the strongest bit of where you're where you're strongest on an adductor uh would be i guess in the center so you're trying to and you're trying to match that against with a band would be the only premise but i don't think it would work um no i don't think it's then the band has no tension Correct. Yeah, the band's yeah. not doing anything. So unless she's trying to kind of two birds, one stone. Yeah, that's the only thing I can really think of. Yeah. yeah. I think we're probably reading too much into this. And she probably still had the band on and couldn't be bothered to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, she used to do it like every single session. And I'd be like, I in Venice, I probably should have just gone up, got up to her and be like, I'm learning. Uh, could, yeah. could you talk me through what you're doing? I'd just be like, see, another cool. thing I, I see people <laughs> using bands with, with RDLs, as in bands on the knees, not on the hip. I can understand banded RDLs where you put the bands over the hip to kind of encourage more, like, Res basically resisted more but band around your knees when you're doing rdls so i don't really the only yeah the only if yeah. it's a mini band yeah then, then okay yeah. but because the only reason you do it is to enforce you being an external rotation of the hip mm. um but is that the main thing you're looking from for your rdl probably why, why would you wouldn't really would you no but it's it, the only the only thing with an RDL or your deadlift, there it's you're creating to to try and get that. It's basically I would use it as an external cue to screw yourself into the ground. So you you screw your foot into the ground, forcing external right. rotation. So the external cue would be to 
screw that hip out so we would get glute meaty stuff going on okay, which I would only that. would interact with the rdl if you're like looking at it from a proper mechanic but average mm-hmm. joe 95 percent of the gym users can't rdl properly and at a good tempo anyway so it's kind of like all right we're probably missing for the forest for the trees if we're like trying to coach that that's sure. one of the big things like with when you're saying with that band it i always kind of go i look back i take a step back and be like okay they could be doing it because of this. They could be doing it because of this. But is it going to actually make much effect if they're not doing what you said was all the like meat and potatoes work before, mm-hmm. like the proper stuff? Nah, yeah, that's like the, it's like the sprinkling. And the the I will I will I will fall on the uh, it's completely overrated spectrum of the uh, hip abdu- abductor machine Unlocked. adductors yeah. adductors cool love them big yeah. source of injuries in, in, in my world uh, is adductors. Um, and sh- I'm sure you'll uh, grow to love that, Kinga, in terms of adductor strains <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So that, that, not that machine will become your friend, but certainly isometric key kind of adduction will be uh, one of the main things I'm sure you'll be given out, unfortunately. You'll be like, yeah. God, another Copenhagen plank. Okay, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I what should you get today long lever am i going to make you lose your arm your leg i don't know um yeah one of those basically that's what physios do isn't it yeah. i'm joking I love <laughs> this and ligaments <laughs> okay so round two perfect topic nutrition go on nutrition okay I'm going to start with what I'm going to put out onto the table. Totally, totally overrated is cauliflower rice. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. I, so I used to literally. Is that overrated? <laughs> That's disgusting. All right, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to add this like to my oats and convince myself that I Yeah, I know. Because it was like dieting and like, oh. And um, I, the, the thing is, I really enjoy the taste of cauliflower. But then I don't know, just. Not on my oats. I don't know. Like that was that was lapse of judgment. Um, I as we know from the not once, not once have I sat there with oats and gone. You know what this needs? Some cauliflower. Some cauliflower. (laughs) You know, they're like what? (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I would replace because I got into my head obviously like oh carbs so scary, and then I also got into my head that I was like not allergic to but like. It's like my body just doesn't, um, I can't have rice because it makes me like sleeper bloated. This is like deep in the pits of like diet culture days. Um, and yeah, just re- like replace everything with cauliflower rice. And I don't know, maybe that's why I'm a, like, I'm just, it literally makes my skin crawl now because I just overdid it. But I also think if you go into Sainsbury's, other supermarkets are available, obviously. But you get like the bag of cauliflower rice and it's like double the price of just a head of cauliflower. Yeah. Like actually speaking of, I've not I've not actually tried the cauliflower rice, but in Aldi they did like it's called like rice sweet potato. And I only got it because I thought it would be just like instant rice, but like instant sweet potato. So I thought it would be actually nice, like to have with my meal. Yeah. 
Oh, oh my God. It's the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever had. Uh, I, just, I saw, who did I saw? Someone on like American YouTube, whatever. They, they, in the States, they do have like little instant sweet potato. Well, they have instant everything, but basically like, <laughs> we have instant rice. They do, they have like bagged sweet potatoes, which is quite nice because sometimes I just want to grab it and go. So I thought that was that, but I don't know what it tastes like. It definitely doesn't taste like sweet potato. Maybe it's like orange cauliflower rice, actually. Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just masking a sweet potato. But yeah, yeah, I agree. It's yeah. like I totally agree. I, I didn't even realize cauliflower rice was even on the rated spectrum. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call it anything. Like, yeah, I've not had a, this is the longest I've taught, ever talked about cauliflower rice. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> this up into like actually just diet foods because something else that's so I went home for Christmas and um at my parents house and I opened the freezer and there was like frozen avocado my mom's like oh, then that's my smoothies and I was like what like what like it's literally just I don't know that that I I didn't think was a thing just pre-cut frozen avocado is it yeah and you know I guess, what? Like, I... the, 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 the space of how ripe an avocado is about like four hours. So like maybe that's that's why, right? <laughs> honest, like, oh, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I used it for that because I I bought frozen avocados before and I'll just take it out. So it was like avocado halves. So I'll just take it the night before to have in the morning on my toes. <laughs> and it was actually really nice. Go, does the texture not go like no? It's actually, well, um, I've tried, I think, a few different brands. And the ones I really liked were from Iceland, own brand. They were really yeah, nice. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you rushing out. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've never even seen that. I've never seen frozen avocado. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know it was a thing oh, jesus yeah all right wow i didn't i bet you didn't think uh oh, look, she had as wow. well that was the same one i'm pretty sure that's the same make right. i didn't trot. like this one to be honest oh no that, like the, the pact without an e in uh the name is probably not a good brand apparently iceland's own yeah yeah <laughs> iceland's own please king of 20 <laughs> um <laughs> okay nice. tom what are we saying? Nutrition. Where are we going to go? Overrated, underrated. I guess we can stick on that diet food culture kind of thing. Um, it's a weird one. I don't know what will, what would I say would be overrated or underrated. That is currently. Well, I've got one. Should I go first? And then you You've can... got one. Yeah, I can have a little okay. think. I've got my underrated one. Oh. Yeah. It's kiwis. Yeah. I think kiwis are massively underrated. Okay, no, I've got a question. Do because I saw this on TikTok. People do this. Do you eat the skin? No. Yeah, no, neither. Because no. I saw this. Have you seen those videos on TikTok where she like gets her like food out and you're like, oh, and then she like eats like. Can okay. no, no, no. Makes me a bit. I eat it with a spoon. I just cut it in half and then just spoon it out. Yes. That's how I eat it. But I, I think. That. I think kiwis are under, underrated. I think for the amount of kind of health that this fruit gives you, not <laughs> enough people eat it. And I'm happy about it in a way because 
I think it could be the next superfood, but then I don't want the prices to go up. So I'm kind of happy oh. it's underrated. I've got, I, that, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm going to have to go again. I think <laughs> superfoods, quote unquote, superfoods are overrated. Yeah, they are. The whole idea of superfoods, I think, because like, I don't know, you're not going to say, you go to say like a fancy restaurant or whatever and it's like have this like nourish bowl it's full of like superfoods and it's like but nothing's like after you finish that nourish bowl you're not gonna be like a goddess with like long silky hair and your nails are suddenly gonna be like strong and clear skin like I just I I think that is like a total marketing thing the whole superfood my body's a temple and I only <laughs> ever have superfoods. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> I would totally agree. That's like, unfortunately, in the middle of uh, where I reside in central London. Um, yeah, that, that the whole kind of quinoa crowd and all that kind of stuff does, yeah, yeah become incredibly apparent. Um, Celery juice yeah. or shots, like those little... No. Yeah, yeah, what are those ginger shots? They're awful. Yeah. Or the, oh, no. the beetroot craze or that, that kind of stuff, the beetroot yeah. shot. You know what's mm. the, the worst thing I've had is a um, lemongrass shot. And it, it truly, <laughs> truly tasted like someone had just cut the grass, put it in a blender. It even, honestly, I, I so vividly remember just having it and like full on gagging. And I used to really enjoy the smell of like freshly cut grass. And now I just have like, <laughs> I, I just think back to that. Disgusting. Disgusting. See, like, good. I got a story with that um, in terms of those shots. So I got given obviously like in our gyms for those, uh, there's a couple of companies that come and like come and sell some stuff to, yeah, it's like, all right, it's four pound 50 for this tiny little shot. Awesome. Okay, cool. You can have one Tom free. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to have this beetroot shot, right? This is, it's probably why though I went straight to that because it's the one that sits so vividly and disgustingly like, in terms of a color um, and who eats beetroot? Nobody. So that's why they tried to blend it and put it in a juice. Right. So I had this shot and then went about my day, la, 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 whatever. And then I went, um, I think I went to like, I was going to a dance class um, in the evening. Um, and then I was like, Oh, I went to the toilet, just went to the toilet. And then my pee was pure right. red and I shat myself like oh my god I'm dying <laughs> uh what the hell did I eat today I was just like oh my god like shaking panicking like what is going on I was like I feel fine I'm okay and I was like oh no what's going on about like go and tell my then girlfriend I was just like what is oh, I I'm just, dying I, was like, I'm, I don't my pee's red uh <laughs> I was like is it blood uh, this is weird. And then I was just like, ah, oh, beetroot. So I necked like two liters of water to try and flush oh. and then went and peed and it was fine. Mm. And yeah, my anecdotal story is beetroot, beetroot makes your pee disgusting and not good if you want to catch whether you're real or not, uh, apparently. <laughs> well, to be fair, I am Polish, so we eat a lot of beetroot soup. So I'm used to that. <laughs> you're used to it. You're like, I'm used to it. Whatever, Tom. What's going on? It's okay. <laughs> Your central London disgusted. Yeah, of course. All that peas red. Peas red. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I lowered the tone of the show. Um... <laughs> okay, lesson learned. People, if you're using beetroot, 
Don't panic. With an edit, <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my underrated. Um, and I don't know whether I'll get grief for this. Um, I think I have, I have done in the past, which is why it's coming in. And we seem to be talking around kind of uh, fruits and veg and being healthy and stuff like that. Okay, so and a lot of people will be on the, uh, the old dieting train right now or making positive changes in their life. So, and nothing is more bland than salad. Okay, so I put a nice bit of fruit in my normal salad to kind of juice it up in terms of giving it a little bit of a sweet sensation. The things that I would normally go for are grapes. And it's not a walled off salad. I'm not like sponging all over crap or (laughs) inside of it, but I would put some grapes inside a salad to make it more sweet because they can be fairly kind of plain and mundane unless what you like eating is just lettuce, tomatoes and cucumber. (laughs) I so like, what would you put in that salad? Sorry, like I mean, just grapes, I just, just grapes, <laughs> just <pour the> grapes, <laughs> grape salad. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my salad. Just yeah, just like a nice little bit of meat and then some grapes in it. Um, no, um, we'll go. I don't know, probably like lettuce, spinach, all those leafy greens and stuff like that. Maybe you have got some like kind of grated carrot or tomato stuff, and then you just like, oh, that's a little bit. They're, they're all very kind of savory, kind of nice flavors, but savory flavors, and then you just put a little bit of. Whoosh, little bit sweet maybe you put like pomegranate seeds i've done that before Lovely oh, yeah job. i like that yeah. there like you go that. cool it's on the same train but more people have bigger access to more grapes i would assume pomegranate seeds probably sits in the whole superfood so tyra you can't have it um. <laughs> <laughs> i think i have the taste buds of like a 10 year old because for me like and i actually quite enjoy a salad but i I I can't get behind the adding like if I'm having a fruit salad but there's it just doesn't sit right with me having like the sweet and and I know people do it like my mum loves a like the the one with the apple and then the chicken and the walnuts and stuff at the Waldorf or what like like I can I can see I know it's a thing but for me personally no I, I can't I can't get behind the fruit when salad. you come to Manchester I'm gonna make you a salad and it's the best salad ever. Grapes Basically, lettuce, avocado, chicken, and mango. Ooh, yeah, there you go. A mango. I just incredible, incredible, and a nice little, little bit of like bit of olive oil. Yeah, balsamic right? dressing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's in. Uh, oh. It's the best thing ever. It's like the same premise of like putting lime juice on stuff. It just brings it up. Yeah brings up all the flavor i see the appeal i just don't think my taste buds are that mature enough (laughs) (laughs) tyra's salads taste like sad um, (laughs) i love a proper salad with like literally everything like get me some of those um like sun-dried tomatoes and then the like red peppers that have been like the antipasty <laughs> they've been wet <laughs> I'm, just, I'm actually really roasted red peppers <laughs> <laughs> the peppers must be I'm not boring <laughs> just screaming I'm not boring convinced convinced <laughs> okay. okay Tyra if you say so <laughs> Are we doing one more round? And if we are, what is the topic? Do one more round. Um, I, the one, the one that you sent to me was fitness trends. Yes, I believe. 
so we had exercise protein bars but fitness trends interesting we keep on going tyra you first or is that is it two fitness trends if anyone's got one feel free to jump in and have a thing mm. fitness trends what's the what's the latest fitness trend i've got so i don't know if this is a trend but something totally overrated and um, I hold my hands up. I used to, before I obviously was a trainer and stuff, I used to think this was true, but it's like, quote unquote, shocking your muscles. Oh, yeah. like, like a different workout every day or like, so I think that's overrated and underrated is obviously like just sticking to the same plan for like a six week block or like a 12 week block. Like, I don't know. I don't know even where this thought came from or like who said it or where I saw it, but it was a definite thing. And you still see every now and then, but it's like, yeah, like you need to shock your muscles because they get too used to it. And it's like, no, but the, the point is that they do get used to it because that's how they adapt. And that's how you get stronger. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> What's going on? It's a weird one that, I, I, I don't know whether that, did that come out more with the kind of, unfortunately the instagram uh, influencer culture yeah of all the um girls and guys doing workouts that they never do but they put them online awesome. because like <laughs> they'll post them and be like no 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 let's do let's 90 percent of the work not this crappy crap that you've just done but yeah it's that's kind weird of workouts it was like a combination of like hitting stuff but also the ones where it's like you're stepping up and then jumping off the box and then going into a burpee and then you'll do a bicep curl and then you go into an overhead press and it's like <laughs> whoa like just totally overcomplicating things like totally and it's like yeah but this is like you need to again shock your muscles and it's just like that's just like so that come with like the more like it's obviously class class fitness that kind of has yeah. probably come a little bit more i'd say definitely since i've been working at a gym um over the last like eight years it's definitely for probably the last five have de definitely had a lot more of a class culture and the idea of uh Keeping oh, a client would be like, yeah, keeping it interesting, thinking or like trainers going, oh, then I get bored. Like if if I don't change things up every like it's like and one of the things that I yeah, I don't know how many trainers I've taught, like thousand. And I'll be like, they, they don't get bored with the like the workout, like or whatever mixing up. They get bored with having no result, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's yeah. the boredom yeah. setting in. Uh, we had uh, there was there's one the lad I do my podcast with I used to train in the same club as him and there's one client that we can speak from this uh, who uh, basically she got a little bit bored and but he's like I'm not fucking changing it you need to do this like this is what you're doing and then she was like oh can we mix it up we'll do something like this and all he did was take her in the other room did exactly the same workout <laughs> went and did it in the other room like in a studio instead of the normal gym and she was like that was amazing oh my god what did we do this is so much better like I'm, we should do this more often like mix it up like this and he was like okay <laughs> we can, totally we can keep that. going from room to room your Absolutely muscles were shocked <laughs> yeah exactly they were shocked with the environment of looking at more mirrors in this room than the other one like what is that about yeah i'd agree i hope that doesn't come back hopefully we've gone past that of realizing just uh stability and just boringness is probably what's going to get you where you want to be monotony is good like embrace gonna... monotony 
what I'm going to say is, so I work for the gym group. Um, well, not for out of the gym group, um, yeah. which is a massive com- commercial gym chain in in England. And what we what we've launched last week is um, this new class kind of collective. So basically, now all the classes will be the same, and you're gonna do them for twelve weeks with the idea of a progression, which is really interesting. So even like, I think it is changing. So all kind of the LBT, like all of that will literally be the same. And every three months we'll get a new release and then we can kind of change it up then. But for the 12 weeks, and that's what we kind of, what we want to encourage members to do is to apply that progressive overload. So slowly, slowly, week on week, improve their form, tempo, and ways they're using anything like that. Um, but yeah, so even the gym group is jumping on the boring I like training that. No, trend. I like that. That's good. It's quite good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely what should happen. In theory, yeah. if the same people are coming back. I get the whole premise of, uh, oh, there might be a new person, but like I'm sure like 70% of the people are probably the same people that come back over and over and over. And you're like, all right, that's where you have like scaling. Unfortunately, the CrossFit community have done that correctly in terms of like scaled <laughs> kind of like yeah. workouts. And then if you've been a few more times, you get to do this one as well, but mm. in the same kind of format. It's absolutely fine. That's why we learn like biomechanical regressions and progressions because each coach or class instructor unfortunately a class instructor doesn't have to have as many like any qualifications very much um but they oh, no, should it's know a joke isn't it <laughs> i know it's, it's like as a person who like i've spent the last like yeah most of my life educating and just like so when so when i signed for the personal trainer collective we actually i took a whole step back from I was doing more, maybe more bachelor's degree, like lecturing and people at third space, we would say have been in for five years in, in terms of built up client bases. They know what they're doing, kind of the normal level I'm teaching at. And now I'm teaching level twos and level threes again. And I'm like, crap, cool. I can make way more of an impact here, way more of an impact in the industry. But I'm going to be like, boom, 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 boom. What do I need to actually teach these guys to be like, this is to set you in the right way. And that definitely goes into like the regression progression model and realizing like that you don't shock your body and chasing soreness is not what you want every single workout. There we, that, that's one in itself. Totally overrated is chasing muscle soreness. That's another one. Yeah. Who wants to be? Like, it just like, yeah, going to be crap for the next couple of days and you can't do anything. And it's just like, no. all right, okay. Then your training will suffer because you cannot train as frequently. So therefore you don't want to train. Therefore you're not going to push your body as much stimulus. You won't overload it as you were meant to because you are sore. And you'll therefore, be less active in your yeah, ego. You're probably going to put on more weight or like not where you get want to be. You're not going to put any strength uh, because your body is obviously it's going to happen. But then I think I did a piece of my protein about training on DOMS. And I was like, you can obviously do it. There's no injury risk as far as I know out there, but it's a kind of like a, a your call or not. Like you go in there, you spend probably, fortunately, I'm a big, oh, that can be a one for me actually um, in terms of warmups. Um, but yeah, in terms of warming up and range of motion and doing that kind of stuff, spend like 10 minutes doing that and try and get your body moving instead and then go, all right, I don't actually feel it today. 
crack out, go do some CV or spend that little time anyway. Cut this session short, absolutely fine. Come back for it. Or be like, no, I can do some body weight stuff. I can just move around, that kind of stuff. I think people were like, no, I had my plan. I must stick to this. So fortunately, when people hopefully employ personal trainers and get advice during this, this kind of <laughs> month, um, shockingly, if I have if my car breaks down and I want it to get fixed, I take it to a mechanic. Okay, so if I want to learn how to lift and do stuff in the gym properly, maybe I see a coach. Yeah, I mean it's it's still madness the amount of people that won't really. But do you find it like I don't know how long you guys have been coaching for, but generally speaking, February is the month that we get busier than yeah. January. Yeah, because I feel like January people just try to do it kind of on their own, just kind yeah. of try it out, see what it's like, and then in February they're like, right, I actually do need help. Like the motivations there, so it's like people yeah. they have that motivation, they maybe don't need the extra push, and then in February when that's like kind of gone, and then it's like <laughs> help. But yeah, <laughs> I see that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah, you, you catch them because they've got that interest. And you're like, oh, cool. I can teach you about that interest now. And I can actually take you to a little bit. So that's good. All right, I've got mine. In terms of fitness trend, um, I'm not sure whether this is a fitness trend, <clears throat> but it's something that is underrated um, is, <clears throat> okay, the, okay, the, the term warm-up is overrated. And I refuse to use that term anymore, um, especially every single lecture I will teach on warming up. Um, we use the term movement preparation or performance preparation or something like that um because warm up thinking like do this and then suddenly i'm ready to go cool i can bench now because i've swerved my arms around or like well, unfortunately it's, it's literally like walking on the treadmill for like 10 minutes and then going into oh, like spots deadlifts and everything. yeah whoa yeah whoa. yeah it's it's, it's no. so sad i think i did a, like, an explanation on uh, I, I can't remember i did a, yeah a podcast on it of warm-ups versus movement prep um, and how we lay it out, right? So unfortunately, I'm speaking as a person who teaches the level three here, okay? But they also see me in in, in like a whole day before they do their exams. And I go, this is horseshit. This is what we actually do, okay? Um, So yeah, the the 10-minute, unfortunately, I think I had an argument in the PT scheme group about this. Um, And I was like, trust me, I've warmed up a lot of professional sports teams and a lot of athletes and a lot of people. And they're like, oh, they're, they're different. I'm like, no, 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 just scale it. Just scale it. The same thing is it absolutely, but they're all humans. Therefore, they all need the same thing, um, generally speaking. So about 80, we're talking about the big, the 80%, probably the 10% of bodybuilders, powerlifters and stuff like that may need something different, may. But the, the, the premise is very similar. But the, yeah, the 10 minute on a treadmill or warming up on a rower, when you're like, all right, I'm going to go squat or I'm going to go deadlift or bench press. <sighs> Did we need to tax them out on a CV machine? Probably not. Don't think so. Do we need to do these weird little arm circles and stuff? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, generally, like, we got like some stages. So I don't know whether, obviously this, this divides the industry as well as foam rolling. That could be another one. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this will probably fit because Kinga, I don't know whether you're in the, uh, I don't know what's uh, that theory. Cause you obviously you're learning. I had an argument with a physiotherapy student last week. Sounds like I just get into arguments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got you in the bottom. No, I'm <laughs> so, but it was about movement assessment. And fortunately 
I, I, as part of my job, I get paid to go and do educational courses. So in terms of movement assessments, I'm FMS, SFMA, um, what is it? FRA, F uh, said FRA, PRI, Postural Restoration Institute, and NSM qualified through all the big movement assessment things. And then I, like, I've extrapolated what I like and put it into my mo own movement yeah. assessment. And he was like, movement assessment shit. I'm like, brilliant. All right, wonderful. Okay, cool. We'll have a discussion about this, physiotherapy student. Um, where's your data on this? And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, why have you made this? I'm like, oh, uh, this is awful. But yeah, the I've lost my. Ch I told you this would happen. I'd go off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> the, the phone rolling. <laughs> the phone rolling thing. Where do you guys sit on the phone rolling thing? Before I uh, put this in, I would say actually overrated. <laughs> overrated i think you're just cool it causes more pain than benefit so why is do interesting it? because i would sit on the underrated so I, I i do i do use it but okay i totally agree with the research i totally agree it does not fix people i totally i think people and the fitness injury in in the last 10 years i've been in it are asking the question of the foam roller and looking for the wrong answer for what it can provide okay so they're looking at it from the wrong point of view and not what we're trying to achieve from going on a foam roller i am not i totally agree we are not trying to elongate muscle tissue we are not trying to magically get your range of motion amazingly better or anything but probably a good place to start like in terms of either breathing mechanisms um in terms of if we want a, just a nice safe place to meet a client and they can do something by themselves so they get comfortable in the gym that is a big thing in terms of coaching adaptability and getting somebody in comfortable in that environment and they like i know i need to go and do that so i'm going to go do it and i'll wait for my trainer there for that it's invaluable okay and it's a nice port call and then the only reason why I'd use it is generally speaking for desensitization of muscle. Um, if I'm coming in slightly, I hate using the word, the word tight, but for lack of a better term, tight um, or sensitive as it could be in certain muscle groups. And maybe those joints haven't got the best range of motion, which I want to maybe, maybe increase. Um, then I don't see it as a bad thing. I think I'm hoping I'm preaching to everybody here after you've been on some sort of it's the poor man's kind of manual therapist, right? After you've done that, you generally feel slightly better in terms of the joint that you've just done or the muscle. Obviously we don't do it bands. Obviously we don't do that. We only do muscles because, you know, make fuck all difference on something like that takes about a thousand tons. Correct. And you get one, 1% <laughs> of illicit change on your it band on whatever study that was and i was like i agree there obviously it just fucking hurts um so yeah i think i think it's like it gets bastardized because and i've had this argument on one of my other podcasts as well a lot because it's like it doesn't work i'm like yeah but you're looking at the wrong way i was like you're trying to get it you're asking questions of it it doesn't know the answer to obviously so yeah. it's like all right i'm gonna go use a bench press to do loads of like deadlifts and squats no yeah. you can't do that it's, it's just, just that's not what it's for unfortunately yeah, I do think it gets packaged up as like a rehabilitation, like it's it'll not, fix yeah. you and oh, it'll do this. But but yeah, like I, I definitely get where you're coming from in the, in terms of like, oh, rehabilitation and you should be doing 20 minutes of foam rolling a day. And it's like, I fuck that. Yeah, definitely not. You know, it stresses me out. <laughs> 
I go in, like I come out more tight because I've just like held my breath and everything is tense because I'm like, this hurts. <laughs> like, ow. <laughs> then we need a really soft one for you, just kind of rolling around. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am a fan of getting like a tennis ball and like just putting that against the wall and then just rolling. I'm a fan of doing that. Yeah. yeah so for me, foam rolling, the reason why I just, I just hate how it feels, to be honest. And for me, it's too painful for the benefit it gives. I'd rather a massage, thank you. Yeah, 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 oh, thousand percent. Because yeah. it does the same thing, doesn't it? It very temporarily makes the tissue temporarily. Yeah. a little bit looser and a little bit more playable and a little bit more warm and whatever. It's temporary. So you can be foam rolling. It won't bring you any long-lasting benefits. So I'd rather just go for a massage. Correct. <laughs> But you, you said you you've you've outlined my argument perfectly. Temporarily, it will give you a little bit more range of motion or a little bit more movement. Yeah. So temporarily, we use it at the start of a workout. So probably it will it, that, that increase of uh, kind of range of motion we might have for it will only stick around for like I think the stretching protocol is something like fifteen minutes or something like that. Yeah. That that range of motion is going to stick around for. All right, let's go load it then. Cool. Let's try and make a make an actual change using overload and using the principles of what we said, right? So I mean, yeah. So in terms of we'll circle all the way back. Foam roller was not my idea, uh, was not the uh, answer to my question. Uh it was uh warm-ups and general prep. So yeah, overrated as the term warm-up, horseshit. It, people think it's boring movement into movement prep where you've got consistency of floor-based mobility we all try to do it you've got two big things every single population that will unlock which is your t-spine and your hips prerequisites for me even if you do two things before you work out try and mobilize those two for at least five to ten reps i'm happy and we can go and move then we've kind of got i've got dynamic mobility um which goes into more moving at like locomotion, more split squats, lateral squats, moving your hips and kind of your spine around. Basically, you start to load everything very lightly, um, lightly, body weight. You still end up doing about probably 30, 40 reps, even though people go, oh, this is just, yeah, there's nothing here. It's still volume at the end of the day. And then, then you go on to like the light power phase of when you add in, I've circled right back to my medicine ball work there. So, and then you add in a little bit core basis again there. So it makes it more exciting. And as coaches, it makes it more exciting for us because we have to coach shock. Most warm-ups that people do, they don't coach. Literally it's like a while the person's walking on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the argument that I had. There we go. That was the argument that the person had was like, oh, they, they want to feel comfortable in the gym. So I let them go on, on like the machine and we have a chat about stuff. All right, cool. What a waste of fucking time that is. Why don't you make them like comfortable in the gym by putting them in the gym, not on the cardio floor and going, yeah. all right, we're going to go in the middle of the gym floor and do split squats and lateral squats and rotational squats and kind of hinges, SLDLs and all this cool stuff. And I you know, get to coach you. You get to feel better and move better. And I get more bang for my buck and I get to coach you some movement instead of going, and I can actually talk to you throughout that. If not, you're a crap coach and it's not for you um and then yeah just get off the treadmill just get off the treadmill jesus it's not what it's not what you're there for i just i think of it as even from a monetary value i'm fortunate to charge a fair amount for my service right and i'm going crap if i put this on a treadmill and it's like say fortunately i'm in central london um i can charge between like 90 and 110 pounds an hour right so i'm going it's like one minute on a treadmill it's costing this person nearly two quid 
like that's not that's that's not good like 10 minutes 20 quid good good treadmill session that i'm like what (laughs) what's that about definitely not it's not it's not monetary it's not value absolutely not so um warm-ups are underrated as a premise but the term warm-up is overrated but warm-ups are incredibly underrated because they're crap totally agree agree as well okay so again i don't know if that's a fitness trend or not (laughs) 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 well it is a fitness trend actually (laughs) um i think trade well it's two in one so training for aesthetics it's overrated and training for enjoyment is underrated that's what i think i think too many people focus on the wrong things and train for the wrong reasons not that the wrong reason maybe that's a bad word but it's not any reason is good isn't it but when you when you shift your focus from aesthetics to actually enjoy and kind of nourishing your body, moving your body, seeing other benefits than just a bigger bomb. I think this is a game changer. And glute training, I think it's overrated in a way for aesthetics is just, come on, just an- another one, another one. Like, sick of it. <laughs> I think it's, I agree and disagree. I think it comes down to like the individual and their values because if someone like really, really values aesthetics and seeing like visual results really, really drives them to train and then they enjoy training and it like goes around in a circle that way. But then I've also been in the place where I have only trained for aesthetics and literally gone to the gym, hating every single second of it. And that is just exhausting in itself. And that's a horrible place to be. I think it's sad because I think I could list you, I don't a thousand reasons to exercise mm. apart from aesthetics. So why is that the thing that brings people to the gym? I mean, I'm happy that it brings people to the gym, but I think I'm one of those PTs who I think if you look at my clients and I think they agree that they always come to me with aesthetic goals and then... <laughs> then we shift them a little bit onto like just take the focus of aesthetics um i'm not that i'm choosing their goals for them but i think i just show them that there's more to train in than just aesthetics i think that's that's what i would say i do with my clients i think actually like just fitness in general is so underrated like actually just moving and doing some sort of exercise in terms of general health like there is definitely like a like it's almost oh you're exercising like what are your goals then like what like what are you training for like what that there definitely is that like you say that you're you're going to the gym it's like you must be what 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 goals do you have you must be in here because you like want a six-pack or you want a big bum or whatever it is but actually like just general like fitness is such a key marker of general health and like being fit is obviously like your fitness is correlated with like a decrease in certain diseases and stuff. And that is just so underrated, like just yeah. like living a healthy life and having a functioning body and stuff. hundred percent. Like agree yeah. with that one. I think so. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. hundred percent. You kind of shirted away, King, when you said you're like, Oh, I don't pick my goals for my clients. Yeah. Why is that? I don't, as in, 
if someone tells me they want to lose weight, I'm not going to tell them, oh no, don't, don't lose weight. Don't, 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 I don't pick it. That's in a way that I don't tell them what they want to achieve. It's more so that when sometimes they think they want to achieve fat loss, but actually they want to achieve a lot of different things. So yeah. help them maybe discover that, that actually you don't want fat loss. You want like confident. confident. You want to be accepted. You want to have, you know, good relationships with people in your life. You don't, you just think fat loss will bring you all those things. So that's yeah. what I mean. But if someone tells me they want to do something, I'm not, I'm more kind of asking them why. And that, that's, that's the main kind of thing I do when people come to me, I really find out the reasons why they want to achieve certain goals so we talk about it very openly and kind of go from there because yeah it's mainly that that sometimes what they think they want to achieve it's not actually what will what they need that makes sense it's a weird one isn't it yeah because you want to you want to kind of imprint your coaching methodology on them as well and like have your little mark on it yeah i i go about it in a weird way because you're like you're not you're not take away from their goal obviously their goal is important but they set i speak to like uh so they they set primary goal or we have to agree on it right but i set the the secondary and tertiaries um because i'd be like all right we're gonna get there but we're gonna do the stuff that i think will work to get there so you in like phrasing it in a weird way um, instead of like <clears throat> you kind of ask would they be opposed to doing like push-ups and stuff like that would you be opposed to me trying to coach you to be able to do a pull-up no cool all right well one of our goals is going to be doing that because you're not opposed yeah. to it doesn't mean you if I just ask you do you want to do a pull-up you might have gone oh that sounds hard you're like okay would you be opposed to it no all right you've got the control and that kind That's of way uh, so it's a weird it's a weird kind of mechanism of trying to yeah because what ten, tends to happen is people come to a personal trainer think they know they think they know what they want that's but the they thing. they're coming to you because but the chances are yeah you are right they they don't they probably want more confidence or they want more like it's probably that sat kind of thing unless there is a literal kind of goal i need to run 5k like for this race and you're like cool that's a perfect client like they know we've got an actual figure something yeah. in their head like um where they want to go the aesthetic thing uh coming back to that fitness trend overrated or underrated yeah i i fully agree with you um training for aesthetics is completely overrated um it obviously it depends on the individual totally agree with that but unfortunately you asked me that question on whether i'm the individual in this process um so yeah overrated um (laughs) i want people to move and one of our taglines is training for life um and unfortunately um yeah i just think more applicable stuff for life like chasing your kid keeping up with that possibly playing recreational i don't know football or something like that a random like barbecue it's going to mean more if you're injured or you can't quite move very well you get embarrassed but you look you look amazing but you can't move not fantastic or if you look pretty decent like i would say most people would probably take the body of some sort of player athlete of most sports hands yeah. down yeah do you think they train for aesthetic goals no definitely not some of them yeah for sure like i've trained quite a few footballers and i'll walk in and be like why the hell are we just doing bicep curls before we go and do our real things and they're just sitting there like maxing out i don't i don't really care i'm like that's fine if that's what you want to do cool when you're on my time, you do this, I'll chuck that at the end. If you really want to do it, that's absolutely fine. That's important to you, obviously. But we're going to train you to move and do stuff like that. So 
yeah, I would. Uh... I 100% agree with you there. And something that springs to mind is like, you hear it with, so like my elderly grandparents, it's like mm. Nan's just had a fall again and she ended up breaking a hip like twice. And it's like, if she had maybe mm. done some strength-based resistance training in her younger years, she yeah possibly would have fallen, but maybe she wouldn't have broken her hips two freaking times. Like, it's just thinking in like, yeah and it for like I know now we're we're young and we're now carefree and all that but I mean when I'm 60 years old or 70 years old if I fall over I don't want to break anything I want it all like yeah and, and it's just thinking ahead as well like there's so many like Kinga said so many benefits to exercise that go beyond how your body looks and it's just totally overlooked, like totally overlooked. I totally agree. I, my motivation, I want to be that 50 to 60 year old. I play a lot of golf who can like out drive, out bomb every single kid on like the course. And I want to be that 50 to 60 year old who outlifts everybody, out moves everybody in the gym, all the kind of kids and just be like, I want to be the deadlifting granny. Exactly. I'm going to be like, you don't move very well do you or like be, still be able to like dunk or something like that so I do a lot of plyometric work and be like I want to still be able to dunk when I'm like 40 or something like that so be quite it's, it's a goal to go towards but yeah the training for life and kind of movement I would uh yeah it tends to just make, makes you feel better and that, the whole fun thing I've not trained a lot for obviously when I was at uni trained a little bit for aesthetics and all that kind of stuff I've done the full circle of like I competed in powerlifting because that was cool and I trained a lot of power. Uh, I had a lot of powerlifters, so I was just like, I better actually do an event and stop like uh, reading the literature. I was one of those people who the, the literature says you should be able to lift this. It's like horseshit. Literature is there to like hope people like whilst you're doing your study, you know, you're like it's there yeah. to inform practice, not enforce it. Okay, no, no, it no. should. It, it what actually happens in literature might not actually happen with every client shock um it's not yeah. applicable all of the time it's just not applicable yeah i know you're like great okay it says that you should be able to list this percentage for seven times yeah no chance no <laughs> chance we know that you could have something like it's something like an 18 percent drop off of your one rm from day to day like yeah. it's like all right you're 85 that could be what you could lift today and yep no 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 my numbers say i've got to lift this for six <laughs> Well, it ain't happening, mate. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh yeah. So the aesthetics things is uh, I think yeah. If you enjoy it, crack on. But don't expect to be good at recreational sport. Don't expect to be as moving as well as you did as a teenager. Because guess what? Probably we did a lot of sport or recreational PE, all that kind of cut kept you moving around. We were jumping, squatting, doing all that kind of throwing stuff whilst we were younger suddenly it just disappears from all our overall our training as soon as we enter the gym and we're just doing like all right i'm just gonna lift this barbell or dumbbell or sit on a seated adductor machine for a while and be like <laughs> why can i not jump as high and run around mm, don't know shock uh, strange isn't it? <laughs> anyway um <laughs> I want to do a very, a very quick, very quick round four because I want to talk about protein bars. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> you are so passionate about your protein bars. I'm very passionate about just everything. Um, so I would say let's give us a minute each um, overrated and underrated oh, protein bars. Jesus. So if anybody on. didn't know, on my podcast, we rate protein bars and have probably been doing this for, I'd say the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. 
the show has been running for six years. We've not done it for six years. So there's not many that many protein bars in there, but <laughs> I've probably had over the last year, one to two per week of different <laughs> brandings and different ones. So you are the true expert. <laughs> or protein buzz no um obviously like so myself and a lad called Dan Meek uh, yeah we we do that but um overrated Jesus I would all right okay overrated are mainstream bars in terms of your grenades your PhDs your smart bars they're cool but they're a solid kind of like six seven out of ten they're never going to be that great um unfortunately we don't tend to like test taste them because we know what they taste like yeah. and we're like all right they're the kind of the average kind of the bar like that's where it's set the median line right um and then going below that line i don't know whether you guys were in fitness when um what are the quest bars oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that right, was so, like your diet culture era oh, quest bars yeah obviously were massive when i was like first coming into fitness yeah. and people yeah. and when we we did one we did a rating of like a couple of quest bars this year just for kind of old time's sake we like, knew they were going to be terrible <laughs> they're awful i don't know how they're still a company what is going on? And then the immediate after effect of people were like, no, Tom, like, you've got to put them in a microwave or the oven. Like, well, it's not a protein bar then, is it? What's the point of that? I want to have it when I'm going. And then they go nice and gooey. But oh, right, okay. But, but does it get sold with a microwave or, or other? Like, no, no that's not, that doesn't say that on the thing. It's not, it's not like a caveat of like protein bar, please heat it up. No, that doesn't happen. Um, so they're totally overrated in terms of what they do. So I'm going to put them the underrated Go look at boutique based or made. Uh, I'm gonna go boutique based bars. People like I'll give my shit a shout out. They know who we are. Protein Pantry are hands down the best protein bars we've tasted for up two years. We're doing this. And they they are a bit spenny in terms of like maybe three to four quid per bar, but it is literally if you're willing to spend that in like Starbucks and have a little cake, mm. you might as well have that for 250 to 300. Uh, calories all 20 to 24 grams of protein and they taste insane so good go go treat yourself and have that as a little coffee and cake instead and um there's a bar called the wanna bar it's like a wafer so good um that actually won our protein bar of the year we did a thing the other day um that it's like a little wafery kind of like if anybody knows kinder bueno oh yeah like so oh. good it's literally so good a wanna bar um i think i've got a discount code i'm not too sure but um <laughs> that's why i'd won i don't know um yeah they were like oh great okay um i'm surprised they haven't not done any better um but they haven't really built up i'm not too sure um but yeah those are the the bars that i would say overrated and underrated and underrated big this year will be vegan protein bars you're looking at me like mm -hmm. It, the pea protein has gotten so much better. It's really? insane. It has really gotten better. Oh, great. Um, the only vegan protein that I've tried and genuinely, as in genuinely <clears throat> love, is actually awesome supplements. They are chocolate, salted caramel. Oh my yeah. God. Their protein powder. So good. So good. I've heard good things actually. Yeah. yeah. For their their vegan stuff so yeah really, really so the, the bars that we've we've actually bought for pleasure after trying them that's a that's a standout if we've actually gone and bought them ourselves to snack on 
uh, was Misfits bars. They're actually available in like oh, Sainsbury's and stuff. Those. Yeah, I have seen them. I have them. They're actually okay. It's like a vegan based and they're low, lower calorie and their like protein content's good. And it's actually pretty, it stands up against like a normal like protein bar. Absolutely fine. That's what I, I was going to say that that's kind of one of my underrated ones, the Misfits ones, because what I found with them is uh, it's, it's almost like you can have it for breakfast. I've had it for breakfast before. IFS actually in London, I've had it for breakfast because sometimes when you have like a grenade bar for breakfast, it's just too, oh, I just don't like grenade bars basically. Oh no, <laughs> honestly, the grenade, the um, birthday cake flavor is, that is my vice. Oh, oh I love it. It's oh, very messy, lots of sprinkles. It's not like I had one on the airplane the other day and I literally opened it and the sprinkles and everyone else like, Tara, do do yourself a favor and get the birthday cake protein pantry and okay. you'll be like i'm actually gonna this? do it now like so they're like there's like there's a lot of like amazing like bakers and people that are going into protein and they're obviously trying to do like the right like mixtures and actually one of dan's clients started trying to do it after we were rating loads of them and we we're like these are amazing all this kind of stuff um but yeah the protein pantry are sick there's, but there are some bad ones out there. Um, yeah. I won't name them, but in terms of the boutique ones, because they're trying to make a living. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the poke, but hands down, gold standard every single time with the protein pantry. You had an order. Definitely ordering some. I know. I'd love to see their spike in sales. Like there was at least like two or three like gyms took them on as wholesale after our reviews, and we were like, "Where the hell was our thing? Like this is insane!" Oh, uh, it gives a kickback. Jesus, yeah. I'm excited. Nice people. Yeah. They do look amazing. They do look amazing. They're so indulgent. Yeah, it's good. They're out of stock though. Hopefully, they will be in stock. That's that's the only thing. Like you have to learn when they're in stock. Like <laughs> you're like. Like it's like getting like tickets. Refresh. You're like, yeah, refresh. <laughs> Literally, all of them are. Well, mint chocolate chip, which is the probably the only flavor that I actually hate. That you don't want. <laughs> that's the only one in stock. Thanks. Like God. the that's like bounty in the like celebrations tin, isn't it? That's not great. No. <laughs> I love bounty. I actually, I'm a bounty fan. <laughs> I think I think the Malteser one is nah from the celebration tip. I agree. <laughs> Even though I do like teasers, I just don't like the Malteser celebration. The teaser, teaser. No, <laughs> disagree. No. Massively disagree. <laughs> Bounty over Malteser teaser. Sorry. Excellent. Right, lovely. Thank you very much, Tom. We enjoyed having you on Fit and Fab very much. Hope you enjoyed being on here very much yeah, it's, it's it was lovely um yeah it was nice to do a little show that's not too educational absolutely beautiful <laughs> i enjoyed that nice I little chat nice little chat i do enjoy that so if um people want to follow you on social media how would they find you um yeah sure um my instagram is at tomhall.ptc um and obviously the company is um i believe it's at personal trainer collective or it might be just PTC or PT Collective. One of those three. If you type in personal trainer collective, you'll see it. Um, yeah, we've got enough there. So go, go see that kind of stuff. We obviously post a lot more content on that than my personal one, but I obviously reply more on my personal one. 
um, and then kind of podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, six years that's been running is the Pushball Legs podcast. Um, had a lot of uh, fun guests in terms of we we haven't had a lot of guests over the last two years because myself and Dan have been uh, totally bored. No, we've done a lot of business, so we haven't reached out to a lot of people. So, um, but if you want to listen to any of those guys that have been. And then the PT Collective, we've also got a podcast for myself and a chap called Luke Johnson, who uh, formerly set up, obviously he's my, he's my boss, um, the founder of the PT Collective, formerly uh, Shredded by Science. Um, and yeah, that's the Personal Trainer Collective podcast. So give those a listen. If basically the Pushball Legs one, a little bit less educational. I feel like it's a lot more like this, nice little general chat about everything. We try to make it a lot about fitness and Dan is a miserable bastard. So I'm the, the more upbeat one um, in terms of like, he loves a little rant. Um, and then yeah, if you want some education, that is more in line, obviously it's more of the uh, personal training collective podcast. We try to fit that around any educational topic for coaches and personal trainers, or if you're thinking of becoming a personal trainer, then go give that person uh, podcast a listen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Bye. Bye.